just tell you this. Why are you letting him get to you? Why are you letting him hold you back? Why are you letting those thoughts consume you? Stop it. You have places to go. You have things to do. You are so talented, so able, so capable. I believe in you. Let's get it going. We don't sit around. We don't wait for them to fall on our lap. No, we make moves. We get to it. We the bosses. We are the protectors. We are the everything of our life. You get me? Let's make shit happen. Stop playing. All you're doing is wasting time. Hey there, little birdie. Hey, little birdies. How you doing today? This is our take two. Uh, <laughs> we tried doing this and we're trying out a new mic. Exactly. I don't know if you can hear how crisp <laughs> and nice yes. this mic is. Courtesy of Ricardo Daniel Gomez, the one and only. And courtesy of Deppi and Rolando procreating this child you yeah. know shouts out to y'all too <laughs> thank you thank you thank you i'll take some credit for sure <laughs> um well happy new year right we're we're almost at the the big new year mark man 2020 is around the corner oh my gosh when i hear 2020 i think of so many things you know what i think of what do you think of I think of a range of politics, which I just try to avoid thinking. And then I try to just think of like Kanye 2020 because it makes me laugh. What's uh, that about Kanye 2020? It's Kanye West running for president. <laughs> but it's just a joke. It's just a joke. Oh, I don't geez. think he's... I thought that was a real thing, like an album. He just no, we were, we were all kind of like rooting for that. We for were rooting running? for you. We were all rooting for you. <laughs> oh, Lord. No. <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Maybe like a like a presidential a presidential to, album. Oh my gosh, I was about to say, yeah, I was about to say as a sitcom. Oh my god, you know what, guys? Debbie actually listened to the entire Kanye Gospel album with I me. Did I was impressed, and she she liked it. So I was actually impressed with it. And there's no cursing in that, you mm. know. Not, it was very meaningful. Yeah, but it's just it's crazy. So it was good stuff. I was really surprised and impressed. When I think of 2020, I think about the relationship I've had with Kanye, and it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> For sure. It's been an entire roller coaster, and you know what? I think that's kind of how this year has been. This year has totally been a roller coaster mm -hmm. for both of us in terms of super high highs, and I think we felt some super low lows at times. Yes, we did. But I think the highs outweighed the lows. For sure. Um, and the lows, you know the good part of the lows? You always have somebody to talk about it with. Mm -hmm. They help you get it through. So we help you get through it. I think we've had good conversations with each other, with you, with Alejandro, me, with Rolando, and other friends along the way that help you get through those lows. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then the highs, you celebrate together with the people that matter to Hell you. Hell yeah, with some alcohol, <laughs> some dancing, some joking, you know. It's always a good time. <laughs> So this episode is really going to be dedicated to us talking about what are or were our highlights. We're gonna pick. We're gonna try and pick one. We don't have to. We could do it whatever. It could be more. We yeah, can do exactly. whatever the hell we want. Because yes, you know what? We're the bosses of ourselves. Shit! <laughs> come on! Come on! You're not the boss of me. What did What did Just Living Baby say? She said, "We are the protectors." Come on! Stop wasting time. <laughs> 
So we're gonna we're gonna talk about a little bit of our highlights, our lows, and then kind of really reflect on those to really come up with mm-hmm. a good New Year's resolution. And me and Deppy don't really know what our New Year's resolution is because we're perfect. You it's know, hard. you can you can't improve on perfection, man. It is hard to come it's, up with something. It's so hard. I feel so bad for everyone who's not perfect. <laughs> Like us. No. <laughs> they could be like, I'm turn this shit off. Exactly. These two women are we're crazy. Just we're just we're just over I'm overcompensating. I'm overcompensating because I know I feel like shit all the it's time. It's a it's a state of denial, exactly. <laughs> What's underneath that, Lisette? What is? Let's talk about that. So do you wanna start off with your Number one highlight. Well, you start off because you had a pretty huge one. I did have a really cute one all the way in May. It was my highlight. I got engaged to Yay. your son. Yes, you did. To your little sunny boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think our relationship has... I think it's gotten so much more deeper from that moment because now I'm like, holy shit, you want to marry me, yo. Mm-hmm. We got some growing to do, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, me and Alejandro have really had some. Why am I making that? Oh, sorry, <laughs> we were okay. making uh, some r- really great progress in terms of really vulnerable conversation, and uh, I think we've both become really good listeners in terms of. Um, really talking about uncomfortable feelings mm-hmm. uncomfortable feelings and uncomfortable uh things about ourselves that aren't in reaction to our relationship it's us as individuals and when me and Alejandro first got together I had made this painting it's the painting that's in his room and the painting is basically a silhouette of me and Alejandro looking at each other And in the painting, he has like this color scheme on his side. It's like purples and blues and these kinds of colors. And on my side, they're like yellow and pink. And then in the painting, it comes together and all those colors and little shapes kind of mesh. And in the painting, it says, in my friend, I find another self. And um, I gave that to him for his birthday. And I think throughout my entire relationship with Alejandro, I in my previous relationships, I've really learned that I need to be a friend before a girlfriend, before a fiance, before a spouse. I really need to be a friend because navigating the world and being young and being in love so young. Look, I was outside. I was at the club last night mm-hmm. and this guy comes up to me. He's like, hey. How are you? I, re- I saw you walk past. I really wanted to talk to you. Um, I'm really nervous right now. <laughs> and I went, hi, my name's Lisette. And he told me his name. I ain't going to put him on blast, you know, give out his government <laughs> name. So, <laughs> so uh, he, he's like, yeah, so can you tell me more about yourself while I calm down? And I'm like, my name's Lisette. Um, I don't mean to burst your bubble, man, but I, I got a fiance. And he goes, oh, wow. Oh, how old are you? And I go, I'm 22. And he goes, he rolls his eyes. And I go, I know what I want, man. I got offended. I was like, I know what I want. Shit. And he went, no, 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 that's not an eye roll at you. That's an eye roll at myself. Mm-hmm. And I went, well, why? And he's like, he's like, 
how old do you think I am? And I went, you're like 26. And he keeps telling me to like go higher. And he's 33, right? And it was just... I wonder... Love always has its own timing, right? Mm -hmm. There's divine timing for love. There's divine timing for heartbreak. You know, these things like happen so that we can keep evolving. And... I feel like a part of my process in terms of evolving in relationships has always been that I never had a friend in those relationships. Mm -hmm. And there was never a safe space for me to be in a, for me to be an individual before the responsibilities of my title. Right? So that's where I started understanding like why all my relationships were failing and then why my relationship with Alejandro was doing well. And how I could even get closer to my mom. Because often we see people in our lives as their title to us, right? You're my mother-in-law, right? Mm -hmm. People assume that mother-in-laws are supposed to be horrible. Mm -hmm. And they're supposed to, you know, take their children and hold them away from you and make you fight for them. <laughs> but I mean, like, I that's not our relationship, mm -hmm. you know? My relationship with my mom, right? My mom which she's achieved 10 months clean, man. Major. Yeah. Like that's that's probably my biggest highlight of this year mm -hmm. is my mom being clean for 10 freaking months. Can yeah. you believe that? Girl, we need to clink. Come on, we're clinking some damn coffee to that shit. Yeah, to Jill. To Jill Hill Holy Field. Yeah. That's my mama. That's amazing. And that's just, I think, my sense from being a child of someone who's a recovering addict I was really able to heal and forgive when I started seeing my mom as a person before seeing her as the responsibility she owed me, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I see a lot of these Facebook posts that are like, <sighs> yeah, I'm going to be blunt about this. So I see a lot of these Facebook posts and there's this one specific one where it says, stop telling me that things were, it literally says, Stop telling me everything happens for a reason. When I was a child, I needed to be cared for, loved, yada, yada, yada. I didn't need to be treated like an adult. So it was something talking about that, right? And in my head, that sounds so victimizing, mm -hmm. right? And we, there are a lot of us that have really horrible, like, origin stories mm -hmm. you know that deal with abuse and neglect and that abuse goes from two entirely like polar whatever the fuck spectrums mm -hmm. you know but it is always your responsibility to do the healing it is always your responsibility if you want to continue a relationship with that person then yeah, you do your efforts to try and forgive and heal that relationship. But when you have your own issues and your own trauma, you have to do that work. Right. You just can't keep on excusing yourself. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, when people say, "I'm," this is just the way I am. No. Oh! That's the way you are when you don't aspire to grow. Yeah, that is the way you are. And that's the way you will always be if you yeah, don't aspire to that's grow. That's where you're going to remain. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to evolve, yeah, that's you forever. And that's right just, that's so sad. Then what's the mm -hmm. point of living, right? Mm -hmm. And I just start thinking like, 
throughout mine and Alejandro's extremely vulnerable and uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. to be having with my fiance, right? Talking about past relationships. Like those are very uncomfortable topics, but him being a friend to me first and creating a safe space for me to talk about what to be that vulnerable. I, yeah. Yeah. To talk about what I really need to feel. And I mean, what I am feeling and how I need to navigate these things has been so pivotal in my in my way of learning how to forgive mm-hmm. and learning how to, you know, and I think that's why we get over our arguments so fast mm-hmm. is because it's like, like, if you guys could see me right now, I got my hands over the air and I'm like, it's nothing personal, right? Because <laughs> it's like, it's extremely personal information, but it's like, you know, your reactions or your frustrations about these things aren't about me. It's usually like when I get out, like frustrated with Alejandro when he doesn't do something that he said he was going to do, I get frustrated because I know he's going to get frustrated with himself. Not because I'm frustrated with him. I, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to be his bodyguard against himself because mm-hmm. I want him to protect himself from those feelings because guess what? I do a whole bunch of shit that I, like I don't do a bunch of shit that I say I'm going to do, right? That's just being fucking human, mm-hmm. right? I forget about texting people back. We were talking about that the other day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, read that. I'm going to text back. Sada, I'm going to text you back. I know you're going to listen to this. <laughs> I'm going to text you back. I promise. <laughs> I texted back for both of us. You yeah. know, but, but she did mention that. Yeah. So it's like, it's this highlight of this year was just really reaffirming the safe space that I have with my fiance mm-hmm. and that safe that a bit that safe space is a catalyst for me becoming a more forgiving person mm-hmm. and understanding that people are not there people's I shouldn't hold people to an expectation based on their title I should hold them to an expectation based on who they are mm-hmm. you know and obviously I kind of want you know, if I'm like, I got a fiance, I want him to love up on me. But I can't be like, this is what you owe me because you put a ring on it. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, honey. No. Exactly. We don't do that around here. <laughs> you know, we talk about some shit. So that's what that's what I'm uh, really happy about my highlight for this year. That's a huge one. And that's an ever-growing, ever-evolving role from there to be wife those then yeah. it'll be mother then it'll be i mean the role just keeps on snowballing into yeah. different roles and just growing and growing in different ways it's it's never ending yeah and it's beautiful yeah I mean, and you've been through it yeah and it's been fun to watch your relationship with alejandro go because i've known you before you guys started dating and then I saw the whole thing kind of like happening. <laughs> yeah, you come into the theater more. Mm-hmm. And, um, then Alejandro telling us about it. Then picking out the ring with him. Oh my God, you, man. Yeah, it's just been really fun watching your relationship grow. And um, just becoming more comfortable, too, with, with the idea of watching somebody love my son. Because you love him so unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Unconditionally. You know, when you see that your son's in good hands, you, you feel like you can just sit back and relax because nobody wants to ever see their son with somebody that you don't believe deserves them or loves them unconditionally. Yeah. Because I know what my son's faults are, but 
you're able to see through that. Yeah. And see that he has a great heart. See that he is a good person and that he's growing. Yeah. And that's the key there. Is he willing to grow? Yes, he is. Yeah. You know. You know something that's very beautiful that he told me the other day? And so me and Alejandro are both 22. And I know that our listeners range from 20 and up, you know. And I think this is really important to... um, to a lot of young men that are listening. Um, I think men inherently have this pressure to be a man as soon as they, like, as as soon as they understand what being a man is, ideally, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, at 19, you're under the pressure of, I need to become a man, I need to be a man, I need to be a man. Mm -hmm. And that means you're financially responsible, you have a mortgage, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you have this salary job, you know? the car, exactly. Right? So you start thinking that you have to be this provider, this this source of income and... And stability. And stability Mm -hmm. when... You, just like everyone else, is trying to figure out what the hell is life about. And the other day, me and Alejandro were talking, and I think I was upset about something. Oh, when Alejandro has a tendency to be late, and I was telling him, my coping mechanism is to anticipate that you're going to be late. Mm -hmm. And he's like, but honey, I need you to give me the space of grace, right, to reference Mm -hmm. another episode, Mm -hmm. the space of grace... To understand that I'm not a man yet. Mm-hmm. I'm learning that. And in my head, it just blew up. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of purity of that sentence of just being honest and saying Lisette. Or honey, fiance, wife, girlfriend. I'm not a man yet. And I'm going to be learning that. But it's a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. And he was like, also Lisette, you know. It's not like I'm 36 and I don't got my shit together. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. understand time management. But he's like, I'm new to this, Mm -hmm. you know? And in that moment, I was like, shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you were Mm -hmm. able to understand him better. I was because then I, I reminded myself, like, I'm a friend. I'm a friend right now. And second, he's a person. He's not his title right now. Mm -hmm. He's not fiance right now. And the expectations that I have of him right now are, we're coming from a place of when we're married, I'm going to have to anticipate that you're late and we're going to have to get two cars because I can't be late to this place and you're going to have to be late on your own. And that makes me feel sad because I want to protect you, you know, and I'm trying to figure everything out. And Alejandro's like, it's just not time to figure it out right now. Mm -hmm. You know, sit back and enjoy the damn ride. Right. Right. And, And that just opened my eyes a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you're a young man listening, if you're a man listening right now, like there is no pressure to be at the tip top shape of your life in every aspect because you're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. We're all figuring it out. And I like what you said too about loving without the role. Often it's happened to me with my husband mm-hmm. where I'll look at him and I'll think, this is somebody's child. Mm-hmm. Somebody gave birth to him. Somebody loves him. This is somebody's baby. Mm-hmm. And here I am. I was given the privilege to love this person. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to cry. I just think what a blessing that somebody's baby is in my life. Oh, that makes me want to cry. <laughs> Why are we crying? <laughs> so I think of that when you with Alejandro, me with my husband, I always think about as a mom, especially, I always think this is somebody's baby. Yeah. 
I have to take care of this baby. I have to love this baby, even though I know he's not a baby. Yeah. But as a mother, you can't help but think because, especially, look at you with Alejandro. Look, at, we're very close. Yeah. And if you look at that, if we look at each other like that, that somebody gave birth to, to you, you are somebody's baby. You are somebody's beloved. Mm-hmm. You are somebody's little girl. If I could look at, at you through your mom's eyes, you know, look at each other through our parents' eyes, I think we love each other even more wholly. Uh-huh. Because there's a respect that comes with that. There's a responsibility with that comes with loving somebody that is somebody's child. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't and know. To me, it just does something for me at, at my heart level, at my soul level. It, it, um, it just inspires me with gratitude, responsibility, and respect. Yeah. And I want to honor that because he is somebody's child. Mm-hmm. He is Milagro's child. Yeah. And I want her to be proud of the way that he's being loved by me. I want her to be happy. I want her to feel like he's going to be all right. Yeah. If one day she's gone, he's going to be all right. Yeah. You know? I was thinking about Dr. Shafali when you say that. And yeah. Dr. Shafali talking about children are not born to be our children. You know, they're born to be someone. Mm -hmm. They, you know, we don't have children so that we can own them. Right. You know, and I think about that in terms of children and parents, you know, because obviously parents, that's where we develop all of our skills from. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us have poor relationships with our parents. Exactly. And there isn't nurturing there. There is not affection there. And we have really tough origin stories and and um maybe some of us have like a uh what attachment issues or Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. detachment issues and uh then we start blaming our parents right but maybe maybe our parents aren't how do I how did I say maybe our parents weren't born to be parents if that if that makes sense like I know a lot of us procreate without thinking about it and Mm -hmm. we ditch our kids and things like that and we let them live entire lifetimes without talking to them. Mm -hmm. I get that. But within that space of, within that empty space where a parent should be, you're gifted love in other places, you know? Always. 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 You are never given anything that you can't handle. And that may be a very religious or spiritual way of looking at it, but my mom has always said that. It's a reality and look at her. of life. Right? Ten months clean, man. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you Girl, know, yeah, go ahead. That's just, it's mm-hmm. wild. Mm-hmm. One, 24 hours is it's a freaking tough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you got to find that space where you fill it up with... People with, that, that love you. Yeah. You know, Rondo always used to say this to me because I'm a giver. And I would always find myself feeling, no, not always, that's an all or nothing statement, obviously. Frequently, I would find myself feeling like, um, I give so much that I would end up feeling a little like empty, you know, or longing for, for love in some way. And not that I, I have Or like to, reciprocation? Yeah, exactly. And Rolando would always say to me, you're not going to always get the love back from the people that you give it to, but you will get it back. He said, you'll get it back from somebody somehow. It just might not be the people that you think it should come back from. Yeah. And that started to open my eyes and make me more open to receiving love from other people. Yeah. 
because it doesn't always come back through those people that you love, the gifts that you give, and gifts not meaning material gifts, the gift of love, the gift of time, the gift of sacrifice, whatever it may yeah. be. It comes back, but not necessarily from the people we think it should come back from. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, just to kind of piggyback on what you were saying about the love, that it's always going to be there, just might not look like what we think it should look like. It's not what we pictured, man. Yeah, the big picture's not what we pictured. Hell no. And we need to be okay with it and be grateful for it. Yeah, and and constantly... I've been seeing kind of like the parallels between like uh, the industry that we're working in and, you know, my idea of like social media and that entire industry and my personal life. I've just been thinking constantly it's the same thing. The only thing you're in control of is yourself. And if this is the way that the culture is set up within this industry, how can you navigate that? How can you be water? How can you be ever changing? Because as soon as you become remaining... And but you start becoming like, what did you say? You said um, you can either remain or remove. Yeah, and the you, remaining often will make you bitter. Yeah, if that's not what you want, it will make you bitter. I, and you always have the to- the choice to remove. Yeah, but look, you can remain and be positive about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and just keep navigating, keep figuring it out. Mm-hmm. You know, keep failing, keep succeeding. Because failing, I always thought that failing was the opposite of succeeding, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's in addition to succeeding. Exactly. It's a requirement it's, for succeeding. It's growth. Yeah. It's so always growth. How the hell are you going to learn anything? Mm-hmm. you got to make the apparent mistakes. Girl. And fail so you can grow. You know, even though it's not fun at all, I'd rather not fail or make mm-hmm. mistakes. But I know it's necessary. It's just no fun. Yeah. So what's a highlight of yours? Because I feel like it's going to go off of what we... Easily, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's going to bounce off of that. One of my highlights, I think this year was, has been a close it. If I'm going to say, I'm not talking about relationships because relationships is a whole separate thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm grateful for all of the relationships in my life, um, the significant ones and the ones that are, you know, whatever, not to call them not insignificant, but people that I don't perhaps spend as much time with. But, um... It close it because of what it symbolized. It it was a very um, unexpected story. As simple as it is, it's a children's story, a children's musical. But the symbolism of the closet in my life was always so sad. Um, the closet was a space that I went to to cry and to hide my feelings. Mm. Um it was always, you know, if I was afraid of something, I would hide in the closet and I would cry. If um, I felt, if I had to cry because my mom had scolded me, I would hide in the closet and cry. When my baby brother died, being the most significant of the moments of when I hid in the closet was when Oscar died. I hid in the closet and I cried. And I, I thought nobody would ever get me out of the closet after that. That mm. was it didn't matter who came to the closet after that suffering that loss was such a blow as a sibling not to compare it to how my mom and my dad must have felt because can't even fathom losing a child they would have to bury me or just medicate me for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. but um I just thought at that moment losing somebody that I loved so much I didn't think I could bounce back from that because there were so many levels it was so layered um the emotions that come from loss 
because it, it, it makes you question so much, you know, God, uh, your faith, it makes you question uh, trust. It, it affects how you attach yourself in relationships. It, it, it affects how you detach yourself in relationships. Mm-hmm. There's just a whole lot that happens after you lose somebody that close at such a young age. So this story that comes unexpectedly and is told through me about this closet just became a place of almost like rebirth. And mm-hmm. I say this like I'm trying to like say it over my heart, trying to like take over my emotions at this point and just <laughs> bawl and cry here. But it became a, a story of rebirth, a story of hope, a story of healing because the story becomes magical and this closet is a place where beautiful things happen. Like bravery and courage mm-hmm. and, and friendship. love and friendship, exactly. It was, it's all good things that happen in that closet. It's no longer sad. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it becomes a place of joy and um, utilizing one of my favorite things, which is children. Mm-hmm. You know, I love children. I've always say babies and puppies. It makes the world a better place. <laughs> babies and puppies. Yes, but um, I never thought that I didn't set out to tell the story. But I believe that the story was there the whole time, mm. just was waiting to be told in a way that could just bring joy to yeah. my life, you know, and that of other people. Yeah. And so I think that's the one of the reasons it became so important to me was um, because I opened myself up to coming out of that so-called closet, that space of sadness and welcomed healing into it, you know, and... and um, and, and there's this, so many opportunities blooming from that story. Right. I, I mean, I, I would hope that a story of hope and a, a story of healing would bring exactly that to other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Because in the story, there's that fear of abandonment, the mom leaving, that fear of, of loss was just being symbolized there. Yeah. You know, the loss of my brother. And this story, it's being told by the mom going to work. Um, and I... I would hope that that kind of story could resonate with children and even sometimes adults mm-hmm. that we may fear that loss. We may fear um, somebody walking out of our lives, leaving us alone. Being alone is always a huge fear for people, mm-hmm. but there's always going to be hope, you know. And in this case, it's told through the, the magic of this closet that you enter yeah. into this closet or, and... And all is well with the world. And you meet some really different people. Mm-hmm. They're all different. They're all on different spectrums. Mm-hmm. Like they all cope with fear a different way. Exactly. You know, and they have their their way of life and they're all really different. And I thought that that was so cool um, in your script, creating these characters who in reality could be children, little girls that wear hijabs. Mm-hmm. And... Kids who go to Catholic school or, you know, kids from the east side, you know, and there is so much diversity in animals, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right, that I thought it was so cool that everything in your story is translatable to how we, how we exist now, Mm -hmm. right? So Senorita Koki meditates, right? She's real yogi like Mm -hmm. that, you know? Yeah, she lives at Elmwood. Yeah. And then we got Sedito who is like... 
He's paranoid and he's paranoid, full of fear. But he likes to party too. I know he does. He does. He's funny. He's yeah, very funny. He does like to having a good time. He's just afraid, so he's he's afraid of letting go of his fears. His fears are holding him back from having a really good time. Yeah, but he wants to have a good time. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know. And then we got we got Mr. Rooster. And Mr. Rooster's a little sensitive baby. He a little is. honey. He's very loving. He's very loving. He's very attached to his mommy. Yes. <laughs> he loves yes, his mommy. Yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, so. And then we introduce two other characters. There's Senor Cotorra, which is a parrot. The and rare he's like parrot. this, yeah, man. He's the surfer dude. He's like, come on, follow me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then there's Flor de Maga. Maguita, we call her, and she is the national flower of Puerto Rico, and she's royalty in this story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll so yeah, we got all these, like, magical-ass people in this script, and, you know, it, I think I think Closet's one of my highlights, too. I didn't even do it, man. <laughs> I didn't write it. <laughs> oh, but, you've been so amazing, Lisette. You've been pivotal to it actually... Moving forward. See, I want to cry again. Oh, you're going to cry? I was crying at Costa's when you first wrote it. I know. You didn't let me let it go. Uh, No, man, because it's like, it's so cool to see, like, if you guys have friends in your life, right, and you see them finding their purpose or them rediscovering their purpose or them just growing and moving forward, like, encourage them to do more. Just Mm -hmm. like, because it's like, we all need that encouragement. And we all need that validation. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of us are like, you don't need anybody to tell you when you blah, 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 blah. No, yeah. like we, we do need that validation sometimes. And sometimes it oh, just comes sure in the form of do. just saying, keep going. Yeah, we're not lone rangers. We were made, we were made to be connected. For real, for so real. We need each other to move forward. Yeah. We shouldn't depend on it because sometimes we will need to do it on our own. But we're yeah. made for connection. Yeah, it's you balance. Know? It's and balance. I think that you've been um, a really important part of the journey, artistically and specifically speaking about El Closet. Mm-hmm. Um, when I've wanted to give up and let it go, you haven't let me. And you know how I told her not to? Uh-uh, why are you acting like that? <laughs> no, keep going. Debbie, this, so, this is so fucking good. And she That's cried. Me. And she was crying. <laughs> she actually was crying. I was like, oh my gosh, she really loves me. <laughs> she really loves me. That's her love language. Cry for her. No. Cry for me. <laughs> Debbie, you got $100. You got $100. She really loves me here. <laughs> I Yeah, so I... I think that, yeah, it's definitely a highlight of mine. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where it's going at this point. I think I mentioned this the last time. But I'm ready. Wherever Brisa takes you, man. Yeah, whatever the opportunity is, whenever it comes about, I'm ready. I have some more work to, to do with it. But... um I'm I'm open to it. I mean, depending on the day, sometimes I feel like I'm not ready. Other days I feel like I am. Mm-hmm. But with the new year, I want to be more ready for artistic opportunities and not um, not sit back and just let it happen. This is more of a resolution also. Maybe I shouldn't jump that far ahead. But definitely Closet was one of my highlights artistically 
mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It just, it just affected me on all levels. It really mm-hmm. did. Even spiritually, there was just a connection and a grace um, that I felt with God. Oh, yeah. see, that makes me want to cry too. <laughs> Girl, we shed in some tears oh, over yeah, here. Yeah, just when you avail yourself to receive that which God has for you, you open yourself to healing, to restoration. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. When I was younger, you know what the closet represented for me? What? A place that I could talk to my boyfriend on the phone and my mom wouldn't hear me. Really? So, it's, But, you know, it's always about hiding. The closet's always about hiding. I'd be on the phone like that. Hello? <laughs> I can't talk too loud because my, mom, my mom's in the other room. What you doing? Oh, <laughs> it's wow. like midnight. What you, what you doing? <laughs> oh, okay. And then we'd be silent for like mad seconds because we have nothing to fucking talk about. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? That's so funny. <laughs> the symbolism at large of a closet is always shame. Basically, yeah. shame, hiding, judgment. So, Like I, skeletons, skeletons in your closet. Like, yeah. So at so many yeah. levels, being able to find healing in that closet... And being able to um, not need it anymore, mm-hmm. not be ashamed, not be afraid, is huge yeah. for people at so many levels. Mm-hmm. You know, we all need a magical closet. We do. We, we do. All do. We do need a magical closet. So I know we're talking about. I mean, closets are kind of like a place of shame. Generally speaking, that's what people assume. So, so is there kind of like any, anything in your closet that you're like was a really low point for yourself um, this this year? I feel like I know what it is, but I'm gonna let you talk. I'm 52 <laughs> years old, so I think at some point, a few times this year, I said, you know, you're 52. You've got to be able to move on from these insecurities that you have, of not being good enough of wondering, do people love me? Um, am I enough at all levels? It's always that, am I enough? Am I enough? Am I enough as an artist? Am I enough as a human being? Is Am I, am I enough as a mom? Am, am I enough as a daughter? Am I enough as a friend? It's always enough, 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 enough. Shit. Am I good enough? Period. Yeah. Always struggling with that. And I feel like I have to reconcile with that and just be okay with saying, I am good enough. Mm-hmm. And not get, letting myself off the hook and just saying you're good enough. Yes, I go, okay, nice. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, nice. It's standing in that enoughness, but working on it too. Working on self-love. Working on acceptance. Working on expectations. Mm-hmm. Working on loving unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Working on detaching myself from things and people that do not serve a purpose in my life. Period. You know, where I would chase things, chase things down, chase people down. Like, I love you, 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 I love you you so much, I love you so much, and get nothing back. So you know what? I can still love you, but I don't have to chase you. Yeah. It's okay. That's all right. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. Mm -hmm. It's okay being who you are obviously not saying that I'm not growing or choosing to grow or evolve but 
I don't have to prove my enoughness to anybody. For real, for real. Right? And so I think that's a huge one for me. And I'm going to work on that and accepting my enoughness. Yeah. You know, I I, I have journals lined up. Um, Lisette got me a beautiful journal for this year that I want to work on. Because that was one of my goals was I really want to journal more. And not pages, but at least start small. You know, I know Oprah does the three things she's grateful for every day. Mm-hmm. I would like to do that and start to walk in a, more of a, that space of gratitude, that space of grace. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, this what's huge for me this year is becoming more secure and accepting myself. Oh, that's a good way of saying it, yeah. too. Yeah, just, just being more secure. Yeah, being more secure and celebrating who God has created me to be. Mm-hmm. Being okay with it and not questioning so so much. Because I exhaust myself. For real. I exhaust myself always wondering if, it, if what I'm doing is good enough. Yeah. You yeah. know, instead of just accepting that I am doing my best and that I will continue to grow and do better. Ouch. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a huge one for me. Just really pursuing spiritual growth, spiritual growth as well, and um, emotional, mental growth. Yeah, and being in a much more peaceful. Uh, the the word in in Spanish is equanime, just real balanced state. Yeah, you know, um, I long for that. that yeah, some serenity. Yeah, that stillness, that serenity in my life, where my emotions. Are not so much like a roller coaster, because mm. because sometimes they're like a ride that I want to get off of, you know. Like, <laughs> hell, I did not sign up for this, you know. I just get me on the kitty roller coaster instead. <laughs> Those adult ones are just hell, no, oh, hell no, uh, uh-uh, no, get me off this shit. Exactly. So it's just like put me in a little canoe with the still waters trying to go on the log ride yeah exactly and I'm good with the still waters so to me I just want the still waters and the beauty I just enjoy more the beauty of life and celebrate who God has created me to be yeah yeah you know and spend time with the people that I love and that love me have that nice reciprocation going on yeah you know yeah. just because when you're with people that you love and that love you the energetic exchange is almost it's palpable for real it really is i was i was i was telling Didi today i was literally so uh Didi was with me this morning Didi's my best friend and um wait i thought i was your best friend you're my soulmate. Oh, okay. She's That's, my soulmate. I'm too. just kidding. <laughs> got, see, look, her love language, she's about to write me off. She's about to be kidding. like, you're remaining I, in I'm 2019. Her... Bye, bitch. <laughs> bitch, are you for real? Are you for real? <laughs> I'm her soulmate in law. <laughs> look, I'm I gotta just... start fighting for her love and shit. I'm like, just kidding. Like, I don't text her back every day. And I'd be ignoring some of y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry. So <laughs> that laughter wasn't too loud. This new we'll we'll fix it up so you guys can laugh with us. Uh, I'm happy with your your role in my life and my role in your life, Bruh, I'll be <laughs> fighting hard, man. Yeah. No, so I was telling I was telling Dee Dee today. I was like, um, oh my god, I forgot where the hell I was going with that. No, I was like, I could spend days with you and not get annoyed. Mm. You know, which is which is the only the only time I get frustrated is when I want to be home. It's the only time, like, bro, I want to be home. I just want to be home. 
Can you come over? Are you talking to Didi? No, I'm talking about you. Oh, okay. I know. We do, actually, we do have a lot of nice... We, we enjoy each other's company. You know what I like the most is that we give each other the space of silence, too. Yeah. We don't always have to be doing, 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 doing together. For real. I'm o- we're okay with you doing your thing. You do it. Then all of a sudden we're talking. Da, 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 da. Sometimes she comes and guilt trips that. me, though. And she comes and she's like, you left me. <laughs> I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> I was washing my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I'm not around... Where's Dappy? When is she coming home? For real, I'd be sitting on the couch like a dog. <laughs> Wait for her to come home. What the she hell? She does that with Rolando, too. I do. Where's Rolando? When is he coming home? <laughs> yeah, if it's me and Deppie at home, I'm like... You just hear the clock like... <laughs> and I'm like, where the fuck is Rolando? <laughs> at work, bitch. <laughs> That's a good thing. We get along, right? That's a blessing. That's a blessing because not everybody has that blessing. For real. I uh, well, I wanted to bounce off of what you just said and yeah. saying that like you mentioned a little bit of your New Year's resolutions like becoming more secure in yourself. And I think yeah. a really low point this year has honest has been very similar. But in terms of um, when I'm in the thick of it, like randomly in the middle of conversations or randomly in the middle of a performance i immediately go who are you who do you think you are mm. who do you think you are oh that little voice yeah who do you think you are you could take up space in here mm-hmm. have you paid your dues you right. know do you have enough technique to even be welcomed in this room yeah are you trained enough yeah are you trained enough look at so and so yeah and that the training they have and, and then that, you're a newbie Yo. It's like you said, yeah. It's like you're nobody. Yeah, like that. that, that com- yeah, set to compare yourself. Yeah, and it's like it's not. I think it's it's so different between being like you're not enough and then that and the, compared to the response of who do you think you are, mm-hmm. right? I think the who do you think you are is so much more aggressive mm-hmm. and nasty and like. Uh, I don't like I'm literally flicking off my chin right now like that's how that's like the that's the movement that I feel right when I hear when I when I'm in the middle of a performance I'm giving my all and automatically I hear who do you think you are isn't it the same thing though you're not good enough ultimately it's just maybe the way it manifests itself is in a more aggressive emotion yeah for you like almost like um it's just nasty. Yeah, like disgust. Uh, I'm trying to think of the I word. I think disgust is a good it's word. It's almost abusive. Yeah. It's almost abusive, the way that voice presents itself. Yeah, it's literally me mentally abusing myself. Mm-hmm. And like... That's I'm, what we all do. And we're mentally wanna, abusing ourselves. That shit is so whack. Mm-hmm. Because I've, I've been meeting people, I've been talking to them. In the middle of the conversation, I'm like, what do you even bring to this table, Lisette? What are you talking about? Oh my gosh. Do you, are you really as smart as you are think you, you are? Are you smart enough? I was just going to say, you're not smart enough. Or sometimes when people are talking about stuff that you don't even know what they're talking about, you're like, oh my gosh, I have nothing to say about this. For real. And all you can And that pressure, that voice is like, you're not smart enough. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So who do you think you are? You don't have mm-hmm. a seat at this table. So mm-hmm. I think... Exactly. What invigorated me this year was really finding all the pockets of interest that I found, right? Mm-hmm. Which was... Making content for the podcast, making the podcast, right? Uh, having these conversations and like these extremely personal, reflective conversations 
in collaboration with creating stuff for an industry, right? And, and um, you know, drawing shit or just coming up with quotes and doing the theater stuff and doing the marketing and just shit like that. I found all my pockets of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a part of me that's like, that was like, you know, you don't have the skills for all of these things. So it's going to take you a long time because you're not anybody special right now. Hmm. Right. So me thinking that inherently I'm not special and I have to earn being special. No, you are special. I am special. I'm intrinsically special. That's a privilege given to me the moment that I'm born. Hmm. You know, I offer something different to the table and I, the thing that I have to fight for is trust. I have to trust that. I have to believe in that. You know, and people ask you, how can you, how can you, what's the definition? Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. What's the definition of faith? Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Do you want to hear the remaining one? No, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Complete faith and trust in something. Mm -hmm. All of the, you can't see any of that shit. Mm Mm-hmm. You can feel it. You can't see it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what's this idea of like just believing in things that aren't tangible, that don't exist on this plane. They exist in a thought, in a thought, Mm -hmm. right? Think that that's the power of thought though. That's a slight tangent right now. Think of it. The power of thought is everything that you long for was a thought before it became true. Shit. So my desire, I'll, I'll go back to children. For me, Alejandro was a thought first. Mm. Ricardo was a thought. Amara was a thought. And contrary to what this world said to me, which the doctor said that I couldn't have children, I always knew that I would because they existed in my heart. They existed in my mind, and I could see them already. Mm. I knew that they would happen. I knew that they would be in this, this physical world because I could see them through my mind's eye. I could feel them in my soul. Yeah, you trusted it. Mm-hmm. You had faith in it. Exactly. And you know, sometimes that's how our dreams are. We dream exactly. of we dream of doing these humongous things and sometimes we quit because it's not what we pictured, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not what we pictured, but we know that they are the things that we're supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. that's how I feel right now. Exactly. Everything that I'm doing right now, I get invigorated. It's like I drank 10 cups of freaking coffee. Mm-hmm. That's how excited and just visceral like I have a visceral reaction to it that's how invigorating it is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's how I just have faith that this is what I'm supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. you know I might just be a creative entrepreneur and that just might be my thing Mm -hmm. my body might be you know my well everybody's body is their vehicle yeah their vehicle but like you know the things that I create with my hands really are Mm -hmm what I'm meant to be doing. You definitely are gifted in that. You you see something and you're able to bring it to life (laughs) the work that you do. And I'm talking about like the graphic stuff that you do. I mean, you're wonderful on stage as well. I've just been observing you and like, I have this idea, I have this thought. Now all of a sudden, boom, there it is. (laughs) It's like freaking magic. You just bring it to life. Yeah. You know, and I know that you, you can be hard on yourself because like you said, you feel like you're not good enough. But yeah, how will you even get to where you want to be if you don't begin. Yeah. So it's a process. Like you said, you got to trust that process. You know, I would, I would always say, because I, we couldn't afford voice lessons in Puerto Rico, and I would always say, 
Well, the first person that took voice lesson, or the, there was somebody that created voice lessons, right? They started somewhere. Mm-hmm. So if they were able to do it and come up with theory, where was that theory before it was created? Yeah. It was in their mind, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, if they did it, I can do it too. If they taught themselves, then I can do it too. Because everything is but a thought before it is a reality. And how do you become better with practice? Period. So that's why I always used to tell people, well, somebody started somewhere. I have to start somewhere too. For real, for real. So you need to start somewhere too, little birdie. Mm-hmm. Just start. Don't mm-hmm. even think about anything. And I yeah, think don't let anything hold you back. I think that's dreams. where where we really started blooming with this is that mm-hmm. we thought about it. It was a thought. We came into something. And then for at the beginning, if you guys have been listening since the first episode, you guys can hear literally the difference between our first episode mm-hmm. and this episode, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where in it's the more beginning mechanical at the beginning, like what the hell are we doing? <laughs> yeah, we're like, hey there little birdie, what the hell are you doing out there? I'm oh, <laughs> trying to figure out how to do this shit. <laughs> No, and I was thinking about that, and it's like, you know, there's such a difference between then and now, and it was because we just accepted, we accepted... That we weren't experts. Yeah, and that it was a beginning. We're still not freaking experts. No, not at all. I want to tell you something I'm really proud to do today, though, because we set up a mic, like, a few episodes ago... That mic was so fucking hard to use, and I was like, oh my god, how the hell do I do this? took me about an hour. Guess what? Today, I hooked up the new mic all within like 10 minutes. I was like, why isn't the audio coming out of my computer? Oh, it's because my output is set to my mic. Let me go to audio MIDI setup. And I'm like, on my little Mac, if you can hear it. Here, listen. There you go. And I'm like, ooh, let me click that. Girl. That's growth. That is growth and YouTube. The power of YouTube troubleshooting. My father would have loved YouTube. Instead of saying go to the library, he would have said YouTube it. Go to YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, um, that's growth. And, you know, I was thinking, and maybe you have something like this you can share, just in honor of being very honest and vulnerable. Because I don't want anybody to ever think that uh, where we are today is where we were yesterday. Mm-hmm. Or where we are today reflects in any way, our lack of struggle. Mm -hmm. It's easy to look at somebody's life and say, damn, they're so well put together. Mm. Look at them. They're thriving. Everything that happens to them is so good. Yeah. I don't want anybody to ever think that we think we're better than anybody. Not that I think that they would, but I just want to honor people that right now may be in the midst of that struggle. Yeah. Everything's going to be all right. I promise you that you Mm. will come out of that struggle. I promise you that things will get better. And both Lissa and I have come from very tough situations in our lives. We both have gone through a lot. And we still will go through a lot. But I think that we have different tools. Mm -hmm. You know, me as a 50-something-year-old, you as a (laughs) 20-something-year-old. You know, we definitely have some tools in our bag to help us navigate those tough moments. Oh, yeah. We definitely have grown from those tough moments. Um, just a few years ago, I didn't know where life was taking me. I I was in a really, really bad spot. I was consumed by anxiety, depression, and panic. Couldn't Mm -hmm. move forward at all. And 
it was after I lost my father. I just went into a very, very dark space, which I think we shared in our very first episode. You can listen to that where we talk about our lunas. And coming out of that space where I was told that I would never come out of that space mm -hmm. and to be where I am now, um, it's huge. It's wild. And I, I'm not any better than anybody. I'm not any more special than any human being mm -hmm. on this planet. It was pure um, willpower and my refusal to give up. Yeah. And I had to find something outside of myself to move forward. I had to look at my children and, and my A higher power. Mm -hmm. I had to do it. I had to depend. When I couldn't do it for myself and say, I don't have the desire to do this for myself because I couldn't find the purpose in my enoughness. Yeah. My children were enough. The mm -hmm. love of my husband, who was unconditional, never gave up on me, never gave up on me. I had to look at that and say, I have a family that needs me. I have to push through for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, my babies would come home every day and hold me, and I just cried in their arms every single yeah. day at the door waiting for them to come home from school. Alejandro would walk in, and he would just hold me, and I would cry. Ricardo would walk in, and I would just cry. And this is how it was for a very long time, for years. We're talking years. We're not talking just two months. We're talking four years at least. Wow. In that situation. So I just, I say that because I know that there are people that are going through some really hard times. And I know that those hard times sometimes present themselves as a up and low. And I can almost see it in my mind. I, I feel like there's, it's very visual right now. I see it in my mind that, I hate to say it like this, but. I feel like there are so many people that struggle with those highs and those lows, that curve that goes up and all of a sudden you're okay, then all of a sudden you're not. And I see it, that, I mean, that's how life is, right? Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. And sometimes mm -hmm. that, that, that being up is longer than being low. Sometimes the being low is longer than being up. Sometimes they're very short, you know, it, yeah. it's just, it's a constant evolution, constant growth, constant struggle. It's the yeah. tools that we gain from those struggles that we're able to utilize for the struggles down the road. So don't give up. Um, send us an email. Talk to us. Let us know how you're doing. If there's something that you would like us to talk about that wouldn't any in any way be helpful for you. I know that we had somebody reach out to us and tell us something that they'd like to talk about and come on and talk about. We're yeah. open to those types of suggestions. Anything and we, that we help wanna, you move forward. Yeah, we... I mean... We do have these conversations for our health. I mean, exactly. <laughs> for extremely for our mental health. Mm -hmm. But also, I mean, like, this this podcast isn't just about us, you know? Right. This is always us being a vessel and providing literally a service so that other people can benefit off of our reflection. That's our Maybe, hope. Yeah, that's our hope, mm -hmm. you know? And we we love hearing feedback and we love hearing some different perspectives that we didn't think about. And that's the reason why this podcast works so well is because mm -hmm. me and you have entirely different perspectives on, uh, well, not entirely different perspectives. Well, there's a huge age gap. Yeah. There's a 30 year age gap. Yeah. But we can relate a lot to each other because I think we've gone through a lot, even though you're so young, we've had yeah. very similar experiences with loss, with grief, yeah. with, um, abandonment yeah. type issues. Yeah. Um, and we know that in you guys, obviously, if you, if you guys didn't, you wouldn't be listening, right? right. 
you desire you hope to grow yeah you desire growth and you're open to it like you said because if yeah. not you'd find another one another podcast to listen Ooh. to and if you do um we won't know yeah just tell us your story. i was gonna say some shady shit but yeah, you know don't, what <laughs> don't do it so uh what's what's your new year's resolution man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what is your new year's resolution we would love to hear it. I'm going to put something on Instagram. Definitely Instagram, Facebook, whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. Do it on all of it. But we want to hear what you guys want to say about what your news, New Year's resolution is. Right. Um, I think mine is giving myself permission to take up some damn space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Because I'm fucking smart, man. And you know what? It took me so long to say that so bravely. Right. Because I was always played out as the dumb kid sometimes oh my gosh, like really i was always like like i always felt like i was dumb around my boyfriends when i was probably smarter than all of them oh i'm sure you were and you know <clears throat> and just like just always feeling like i was the dummy in the room that's so interesting because i've definitely seen you blossom there being com- being much more comfortable with being an intelligent woman i've <sighs> seen you become more comfortable with it yeah, even in your vocabulary, like embracing a different vocabulary, being okay with using big, smart words where perhaps before you felt like you couldn't use them because you weren't smart enough. For real. And now I look at you and I was like, wow, that's wonderful. And look at you editing stuff over at the writing center. Come on. Come yes. on, girl. And you know what? The most I love working at the writing center mm-hmm. because I'm someone that can help someone believe that their writing is worthy enough, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there, there are so many, there are so many, I'm going to say specifically at, at Bus State, we have a very high diversity uh, population, population. Mm-hmm. and a lot of the students that come in are students of color, and I think that often uh, they get scared to use colloquialisms, right, or just like slang or kind of like wordplay, because essentially they're kind of wordplay mm-hmm. in their academic writing. And that's why I love CWP, because college writing is just a place to bloom there. Obviously, if you're doing a literature review, you're not going to provide those. But it's so fun to meet freshmen, right? There's this girl, Michaela, that I met this year. She left at UB. She only spent one semester at Buff State. But she's going to be at UB. And I remember meeting her on the first day of classes, right? Mm -hmm. She comes in and... She's like reading this rubric or something. And she's like, this isn't like, you know, can you look at this? Like, I don't know if this is good. And I'm reading it and I'm I'm seeing that like some of her ideas are very structured, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean by this? Because that's how my teacher always taught me. And she's like, well, this is how, this is what I mean. And I'm like, well, then write that. And she's like, I could do that. And I'm like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, academic writing doesn't mean that you have to take your personality out. It doesn't have to be stiff. Yeah. You know, you know and, you and I start thinking Is that, that a legal document. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we think that academic, academic environments are very, uh, structured and exactly. You very have to do class creativity. Yeah. Class mm-hmm. oriented when no, you, when you exist, you exist as so many things. You can exist as a beautiful writer, even if you don't like writing, it's just your essence on a paper. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was something exactly. that, that I just loved doing and just using words as a way of communicating. And at the end of yes. that semester, guess what she was writing? She was writing jokes in her paper. That's awesome. She was using sarcasm. And I was like, 
That is just so beautiful to that see. That is beautiful. From the beginning she of the blossomed. Yeah. She gave herself permission to take up space. Mm-hmm. And that might be a little win for her, but for me, that was just a big win. Of course. It was yeah. a huge win because I was like, wow, that, that, that was just so beautiful to see that journey. You made of a that difference writer. in her life. Doing something that you love. Maybe I could take credit for that. Yeah, you made a difference. That's huge. That feels so good when you can actually see the fruit of um, that work that, you know, that seed. Yeah. And sometimes you don't see it as quickly, but you were able to. And that's so rewarding. Yeah. You know, to see something like that. So it's beautiful. Yeah. So New Year's resolution, I give myself permission to take up space. Right. What's your New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is to... Oh, wait. You already said it. Yeah. What's your your, uh, bumper sticker? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say what I just thought. What'd you think? What'd you think? (laughs) I'm scared. I just went to... um, Let me see... It's, it's about confidence. It's about being good enough. So just be really being, being okay with who I am and embracing who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, being confident in who I am. That's, that's what was, We're more interested in what you were going to say. What was your, really? what was your instinct? You was going to say something with the word bitch in it. I, know you I really was. I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were going to do that. So being okay with being a badass bitch. <laughs> My pastor friends might listen to this. Listen, pastor friend. It's all right. Give yourself permission to be a badass bitch too. Okay? (laughs) We were gifted this language for a reason. All right? Because sometimes regular words just can't do it. I have so many friends that are pastors. It's funny. (laughs) I love you all. One of you actually listens to this. You know my heart. And I do do say cuss words. (laughs) She does. And you know what? That's something she's really uh, done this year, too. (laughs) Become more comfortable with that. Yeah. That's funny. You know, there's a time and a place. This This is the time and place. Yeah. So this is it. This is it. So yeah, be more confident. And ultimately, I think that even occupying, like you said, taking up space is about confidence. Mm -hmm. It both, I think they're very similar. They piggyback off each other as like being, um, being confident, feeling like you are good enough already that there's no need to prove it. Yeah. And that, um, you are who you are meant to be. There is no need to aspire to be somebody else or somebody different or want to look somebody like somebody different. Yeah. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, as scripture says. Period. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were supposed to be somebody else, and you would have been. You are Lisette de Jesus, and I am Maria Perez Gomez. And you are our little birdie. Yes, a wonderful little birdie at that. We really appreciate you all. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And thank you for the personal messages Sada, thank you for the message you sent us this week. That was really, really sweet. Really I know. Sweet. This is this is my text back. Honestly, your undying support and just... My goodness. Forever, like, giving love is just... It's... You know, that goes to multiple people because we have a lot of great support. Really we does. always mention you guys because we're it just... Really we're does. so grateful. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. And, you know, and just when I think of Sada, I think of a very... I think of a confident woman. Mm. Now, she could tell me, Debbie, this is not how I feel. Because a lot of times that that's like that. Even when people have met me, they're like, you feel like that? Yes, I do. 
but I think of her as somebody that's a confident, strong woman, talented woman, knows what she wants, goes after what she wants. She doesn't hurt anybody in the process, but she just, she's unapologetically herself. She's comfortable in her own skin, and she could be like, damn, that's not how I feel Amazing. on the daily, you know? And she's a great artist. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, she sits in that. And she's Toro's mom. Oh my God, and Toro is the best. Oh my gosh. I just love him. He's such a sweet little boy, and he's so smart, too. And he's a great dancer. Can I just tell the story really quick about what Toro said? Absolutely. Okay, so we were at um, Sara's launching of her video that Lisette and Alejandro actually were featured in. We were. Of Gracias a la Vida. Beautiful song. Google it. Listen to it. Um, Sara wrote it, and she sings it in this video. And I said to Toro, I said, Toro, I wrote, guess what? He said, what? I wrote another song for El Closet. And he goes, oh, I want to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. And that just made me feel so good. And Sada had told me even that day, which was already a couple weeks after we presented it at Barnes & Noble, that he was singing the Vuela Alto, Vuela Cometa. Oh my gosh. Which is one of the songs from El Closet. Yeah. And that just makes my heart smile, man. It that's, just, what it's, that's what it's for, man. And it's for children. It's for him. Yeah. You know, so I was like, well, you know what? Then we're doing something right. If we can bring that joy to one little boy's life, we're doing all right. And equally so with this podcast. That's exactly how it exactly. is. Exactly. So I just had to tell that story because it just makes me so happy. Man, do what makes you happy. Do what the hell makes you happy. Yes, if you know what makes you happy, do more of it. For real. Sit in that space and take up that space. Mm. And on that note... Yes, clinking. Clinking. You better clink with us, girl. Okay. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Get get lit. Just kidding. <laughs> be safe. Be responsible. Um, be responsible. <laughs> you're going to get Make good lit. choices. Yeah, if you're going to get lit, be responsible about it. Uh, yeah, make some good choices. Yes. And um, welcome in this new year. Uh, thinking about what you want to remain in, what you want to remove. Because honestly, you are the most important thing in your life. Because without that, yeah. you can't offer anybody exactly. shit. You can only love others in the same way that you love yourself. For real. And you deserve to be loved. Mm-hmm. So... See you later, little birdie. We'll see you, see you next year. Yes, 2020 for that brunch. <laughs> <laughs> for that brunch, girl. Yes. Talk right. to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.